to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey everyone, Pastor Alex here, and today we're revealing the truth about the name it, claim it doctrine. Now, maybe you have, or maybe you haven't, but if you've been a Christian for a while, my guess is, if you believe the same way I believe, you've heard many other Christians bash or uh, try to tear down people who believe what they would call, or what they would deem, the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it doctrine. Now, of course, they're coming at the word of faith teaching. Now, what, what is the word of faith teaching? Essentially, to break it down, the word of faith teaching is believing that, the, that believers have power in their words to create or to bring down on earth what God's will is in heaven. I'll give you an example. We believe it is God's will for every single person to be healed in their body. And so because we believe that, the way that's accessed is through the speaking and the confession of our mouths what we believe from the scripture. And so many people will uh, attack this, and as I said, call it the blab it, grab it, you know, say these word of faith preachers, they're heretics, they think you can just say something and it will happen. And, you know, they believe this, uh, they'll even say they believe a new age doctrine. You know, they believe in manifestation and all that. When in reality, manifestation uh, and, and all of that new age teaching has very recently come on the scene when Jesus taught this 2,000 years ago. So today I kind of want to lay a foundation and break it down for you. Now we've talked about faith on this podcast before, but in this podcast I want to prepare you really um, and build up your, your knowledge, not only your faith, but your knowledge of the scriptures so that anytime someone does uh, combat this teaching or, or, or challenge you, on your, your belief in the word of faith doctrine, you have an answer that's better than, well, I, uh, you know, like, uh, you just don't believe God. You don't have any faith. That's not an answer. You should be able to point to scriptures in the Bible that teach what you believe. Because I, I always want to remind you of this. If the Bible does not say anything about what you believe, it's something that you should not believe. We are not loyal to our tradition. We're not loyal to what our, our parents you know, taught us growing up. We're not loyal to what we heard in church. We're loyal to the Bible, to the inspired, inerrant Word of God. So if it's not found in Scripture, we shouldn't be saying it at all. All right? So I want to lay a foundation, prepare you, and be able to you know, give you a rebuttal for these things, to, to point people to what Jesus actually said. Now, let's turn to Mark chapter 11, and I can already hear it in my head. Uh, you know, people who, who hate that I'm teaching this, saying, oh, of course he's going to Mark 11.23. I am going to Mark 11.23. Because 
Jesus said it. So if you don't like what Jesus said, I can't help you. Let's go to, I'll start in verse 12 to kind of set this scene for you. Um, let's go to Mark 11 and verse 12. On the following day when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry, that being Jesus, and seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not in the season of figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. So Jesus did something that, would, uh, that many people would you know, think of as crazy. But he actually cursed, he, he pronounced a curse with his words on a fig tree. An inanimate object. And because he was uh, mad that there was no figs on the, on the tree that didn't provide for him, he cursed it and said, may no one ever eat from your leaves again. And so, you know, the day passes on, the disciples go about their day. We, we hear about the, the cleansing of the temple and all that. And we come back to this story here. In verse 20, it says, As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away at its roots. So the same fig tree. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look. So Peter, he's like pretty shocked. I don't know if he, you know, Obviously, they're always getting rebuked for their little faith, but Peter, I guess at this point, when he saw Jesus curse the fig tree, thought that Jesus was going a little nuts. And so Peter said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you had cursed has withered. And it's funny, Jesus, Jesus answered them and says this, have faith in God, pretty much implying that you guys have no faith in God. So... And, and this is right here. We're about to get into the, the, uh, the bulk of the issue where people you know, think we get off base. Jesus says this, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... So he, he's not talking about the fig tree anymore. They're amazed at the fig tree. He's not so, so they're like, oh my gosh, this fig tree has withered away. Your words created that. Your words, just speaking that, created that reality. The fig tree is now withered. That's amazing. Jesus saying, forget the fig tree. If anyone says to this mountain, and if you study the history of it, he's pointing to a massive mountain that all the disciples would have been able to glance over and see. So he's saying, forget the fig tree. If anyone says to this mountain, be taken up and be thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. And then he says this, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I don't know whether it's people don't like to, uh, people think this is too simple, people think this is too easy, that faith should be more complicated, faith should be some ritual, but really it's not. Jesus just said the most simple thing one of the most powerful things ever uttered up until this point. He just said it and he told it to all of his disciples and said, Whosoever, that's a blank check from heaven. Whosoever says to this fig tree, or to this mountain rather, be taken up and be thrown into the sea. That's an impossible thing. And notice, notice by the way, how he says that impossible thing will happen. 
How is the mountain taken up and, be, and thrown into the sea? Whoever says. So we see right here there's an emphasis on your words. There's an emphasis and, the, and there's, a, there's a premium being put on the action of speaking. It's not who, who, whosoever quietly squints and tries real hard to believe. No. Whosoever says to this mountain, be taken up, be thrown into the sea. Pastor Mark Hankins always says that faith, that, that, that speaking, rather, speaking is the initial act of faith. Speaking is the initial act of faith. What does that mean? When you believe something, when you believe God's word concerning any issue, whether it be healing, prosperity, deliverance, uh, the salvation of a loved one, a turnaround in your life, open doors, divine uh, direction, divine connections, whatever it is that God's word promises you, if you actually believe what God's word says, the initial action will be faith, will, or will be speaking. The initial action of your faith will be speaking. James tells us that faith without works is dead. So faith without speaking, faith without the initial act of faith, speaking, saying, proclaiming, is dead. Might as well not even have it. So for, for people to say, you know, these cliche things like, you know, yes, Jesus said this in the scriptures, whatever you ask in prayer and believe you receive it, you shall have it. But I'm not saying that you can just speak things. I always thought it was interesting. You know, I went to, I attended Bible school at this uh, program that was uh, associated with a, a very well-known, probably the most well-known Christian accrediting commission uh, in the country. And it's no joke. It's, it's, a, it's a real, uh, you know, you throw a stone at any uh, Christian college, Christian university, you know, they'll be accredited by this accrediting commission. So it was no joke classes. It wasn't like, you know, just some church was teaching classes at night. This was a real Bible college that had accreditation. And so I went when uh, I was, at the same time I was doing high school. So in the day I'd go to high school, at night I would go to this Bible college. But um, it was always interesting to me, even at that age, that I would go into, any, you pick a class, it didn't have, it was either hermeneutics, homiletics, you know, you know, the study of the New Testament survey, Old Testament survey, study of, you know, faith and culture, whatever it was, prayer. The professors always said the same things. They would quote a powerful verse of scripture concerning faith. Whatsoever a man, you know, believes, you know, nothing's impossible for, for God. You know, they'll say, they'll quote a, a good faith scripture. Mark eleven twenty three. whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, be thrown into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. They'll quote those things, but the knee-jerk reaction of every one of them after they said that was, they shall have whatsoever they saith. Now, I'm not saying that you can just say things and it'll happen. And I started thinking at a young age, hold on, you've just quoted scripture, and then said, I'm not saying, and then the opposite of that scripture. Why is it every Christian's reaction to back off the faith message, to try to water down the faith message? What if what Jesus said is actually what he meant? What if we took Jesus at his word? 
You know, I'm not saying you have a blank check from heaven. I am saying that. That's exactly what what he's saying. Whosoever says, whatsoever, they shall have it. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer and believe that you have received it, it shall happen. It shall be done for you. You will have it. Seems like a blank check to me. So, you know, they'll have a problem and they'll say, they'll call us these name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. These people are crazy. You know, they'll just, they just want to, they want to spend it on their own desires and their own lusts. When in reality, that's not what real uh, faith people do. You know, I start to think, you know, if you're really concerned, if you're that concerned that you're, you know, you're going to use this great power of faith to just spend it on fleshly things that you shouldn't be believing for, I always think like, why, why are those things in your heart? You know, like you should probably, you should probably check your heart instead of, you know, instead of deterring young people from having faith in God. Why don't you check your heart? Why are you believing for things that aren't in the Bible? Because that's not how faith works. That's not even what we're saying. What faith people say, what Jesus said, he says it in in, uh, John chapter 15 and verse 7. If if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatever you want. Let's go there. Let's go there. That's such a good, that's such a powerful uh, scripture. John chapter 15 and verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. It's almost, it's very hard to twist Jesus' words. Ask whatever you wish. Now what he's saying here is, my words have to abide in you. The word of God has to abide in your heart. So if you're asking something that's outside of the will of God, obviously that's not going to work. Obviously, you can't use your faith uh, to, to, you know, produce something that's not in the Bible. Brother Kenneth Hagin, always who, who is the greatest teacher of faith, I believe, um, in the last, you know, what, hundred years. Kenneth Hagin always told a story of how he had this congregation member who always came up to him and always said, you, you know, brother, Pastor Hagen, I'm, I'm believing, I'm believing for something big. Would you, would you stand in agreement with me? And uh, Brother Hagen would always say, well, you know, what is it that you're believing for? And just because he didn't know whether what he was believing for was in the Bible or not. So he'd say, what are you believing for, brother? And he'd say, well, Pastor, I'm believing for a wife. I'm believing that that, that woman right there would be my wife. <laughs> and Brother Hagen always says, well, there was, there, there's a small problem with that. Number one, that woman is married. And number two, you're also married. <laughs> so that, obviously that man isn't going to get what he confesses. You know, you can, you can scream in your closet all you want. That woman's going to be my wife. That woman's going to be my wife. Till you're blue in the face, that woman will never be your wife. Why? Because that's not what you use faith for. That's not in the Word of God. You can't break up a marriage to, to match up your confession. So that's not what we're saying. Any, any faith preacher that's worth his salt and that is actually teaching the Word of God will never say you can confess things willy-nilly that aren't in the Bible. 
They'll never say that. What we will say is this. The will of God, what God wants done on the earth, can be known and is known through the, the scriptures. I'll say that again because it's so important. People act like, you know, well, how can you be so sure of praying for something, commanding something to happen, when you don't know whether God wants it or not? You know, you he- I've, I've heard people, and I respect people, I, I, I love people that, that disagree with us on this subject. I mean, I, I still love them. They're brothers in Christ. But they'll say stuff like, you know, these name it, claim it, these blab it, grab it preachers will always, they'll always command people to be healed. They'll always demand it. You know, they'll always confess it as if, as if you are, are so uh, confident that God wants that done. They'll say, well, how do you know if that person, if God wants that person to be healed? You know, Jesus said, Jesus said, not my will, but yours, Lord. Let your will be done. And, and it's like, you know, they're pretending like you can never know the will of God. What we say is that we know from the Bible that it's God's will for everyone to be healed. It's God's will that everyone be healed in their body. So we don't have to pretend like we don't know God's will. We command God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just as the Lord's Prayer outlines. Pray that His will, my will be done. Your will be done as it is in heaven. So, yes, you can't command things to happen that aren't in the Bible. But those things that you know are in the Bible. The promises of God. The covenant of God. The the things that God has promised for your life. Healing. Financial prosperity. Deliverance. Freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from addiction, you know, a blessed family, a wife, uh, you know, a, a husband if you're a lady. All these things that God has promised for you, you can be sure and you can watch this. I, I know it's, it's, it's very, it's triggering for people, but you can name it and you can claim it. I'm taking back that, that phrase. No longer is it a, a derogatory term, these name it, claim it preachers. Yes, I'm a name it, claim it preacher. We're name it, claim it people. Jesus named it, and then he claimed it. He named the the, the fig tree. He identified it. Then he claimed what was going to happen. He identified the mountain. Then he claimed what was going to happen. And so, and then the, the, the other part that people have a problem with is thinking that it's prideful to say that our words as, as humans have power. That our words have power. But it's interesting because we believe, you know, I, I bet you, you, you find any Christian, they'll believe, name it, claim it when it comes to salvation. They'll, the, it's true. I mean, let's go to this. Let's go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. Romans 10, 10. You, you'd be hard pressed to find a Christian that doesn't agree with this. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Isn't that interesting? With the heart people believe, and with the mouth people confess and are saved. But isn't that the same thing that what we, as what we believe? You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. 
obviously there's an importance on this confession thing. If this wasn't important, if this confession thing, if this saying, the saying aspect of faith was not important, this, you know, it wouldn't, the Bible wouldn't read like it does. Jesus would have said, whosoever wants something to happen, just believe it and it'll happen. He doesn't say that. He says, whosoever shall say, shall say. Romans 10.10 wouldn't read the same. It would read, with the heart, man believes and is saved. It would cut out the confession part. But God is big on confession. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, Luke 6.45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's truly in your heart will come out of your mouth. And like we believe, I believe the word of God, and so I speak. Paul said that. We believe, and so we speak. So I just, wanna, I just wanna, wanted to quickly go through those scriptures because, you know, you have to have a certain backbone and understanding that though many people think you're nuts for believing the Bible, it's not because what you believe is nuts. It's because they don't take God at his plain written word. It's very simple. It's very simple from scripture. Jesus means what he says and he says what he means. If he's said to you, you can say to a mountain, be taken up and be thrown into the sea. If you don't believe in your heart or if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe whatever you say will come to pass. It will be done for you. Believe that. If that's what he said it, I believe it. That settles it. So we're going to pray right now. I know it was a quick episode, but I just, I just felt to come on the podcast, whether you're listening on the audio only or you're watching on YouTube, I wanted, to, I wanted to quickly build your faith, impart some knowledge, you know, remind us of what the Bible says so that we don't get off, off track and we don't get embarrassed of what we believe. I'm not embarrassed that I believe in the word of faith. I'm not embarrassed that I believe that I can speak something and it happens. That is, a div- that is a divine gift that God has given to men, the confession, the power that he's given in our words. So remember, the, the, the power of life and death, the Bible says, is in the tongue. So remember this week, whatever you speak, you'll have. So remember, don't use your tongue to speak evil. Don't use your tongue to speak death. Use your tongue to speak life. Use your tongue to speak faith. Use your words to line up with the Bible and see miracles happen in your life. So Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every young person watching on YouTube, listening on the podcast. I thank you for the faith that you've imparted to us. I thank you for the gift of of confession. We thank you that you've put power and authority behind our words, that you said whatsoever we say, believing in our hearts shall come to pass. We thank you for it. Lord, inspire our hearts to believe for bigger things. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks so much for watching. I'll see you again next week.